This is Cultivating Convos with the Ohio Department of Agriculture. And it's fun to have everyone else kind of get a little insight into what we do. Farmland forever. Actually, that was the next question I was going to ask you. Shelby, <laughs> let's wrap <laughs> this thing up. <laughs> Welcome everyone once again to Cultivating Convos here at the Ohio Department of Agriculture. I am half of your hosting duo, Shelby Croft, and with me as always is Megan Harshberger. Hello everybody. Thanks for listening and tuning in this week. We have a really uh, great and interesting topic to talk about. One of our um, awesome programs at ODA, Farmland Preservation. And with us to talk about this is the Executive Director of the program, Sarah Huffman. And we also have an Ohio farmer who is a part of our program, Jeff Hoke. Both of you are here today and we thank you uh, for your time and expertise. Hi guys, how you doing? Good. Good, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. You know, preserving farmland, as we all know, is so important. So Sarah, why don't you just kind of start off and give us the brief explanation on what farmland preservation is? Sure, thanks Shelby. So at the end of the uh, 90s, there was a study release that showed that Ohio had lost over 7 million acres of farmland to development. And so a task force is created to evaluate ways to, to preserve it because agriculture is, after all, Ohio's number one industry. And so they came up with the Farmland Preservation Office. And so at a very high level since the early 2000s, um, this office has been purchasing agricultural use easements on farmland throughout the state of Ohio. And what that means is um, that the property can only be used for agriculture, it cannot be sold into development, and that easement travels uh, with the land as it transfers from owner to owner. Um, it's a wildly popular program for us. We've um, always had more applicants than we can fund. It's very popular. As Jeff will tell you in a minute, he has several farms he's preserved with us um, and, and several more pending. Um, you know, we're funded through the Clean Ohio bond sales, and this is really shoveling money back into the local communities because we don't put strings on how the money is spent. Landowners can use it to expand their operations, pay off mortgages, uh, send their kids to college, um, any way they choose. And in return, uh, you know, our office retains the easement on the property in perpetuity. And that stays farmland forever, Sarah. So Jeff, let me ask you, uh, as Sarah mentioned, you have several easements and some more pending. Why did you look into this? Why did you think this was something that you would want to do? Well, th there were several reasons I started looking into it. Um, one of the things that happened with our operation is uh, I actually moved home a few years ago <clears throat> back to where I grew up. We sold our house, built my dad who uh, farms with me a house across the road. Uh, he's 69 years old. I'm I'm 45. We uh, I moved back into the farmhouse I grew up with, and I have two siblings. I have a brother and a sister who aren't interested in coming back to the farm or taking over the farm. We kind of used it as an estate planning tool a little bit. Uh, there's you know some nice financial incentives that go along with the program, uh, obviously, and that kind of helped fund a buyout of my brother and sister so that I could come back and take over the farm and, you know, not, you know, have a lot of debt to where, you know, I had had to buy, you know, my brother and sister out of the farm. So 
between some of the financial incentives and there's some tax incentives that go along with it that have helped our farm be able to continue to operate without, you know, mortgaging, you know, land to basically buy ground out from the other the other siblings that we already owned. It enabled us to start looking at doing some things like that with the operation and not leveraging the farm again. And, you know, in the area that we're in, uh, we have some beautiful farm ground. And one of the things that's always been real important to my family is that we keep it in farmland. And, you know, with development, so many areas, it was real important to us that, you know, for, for ourselves and our kids, we have kids that are eight, six, and twins that are four. You know, we want them to be able to grow up like how I grew up in the area and, you know, be able to still have these farms, uh, you know, available and that, you know, we won't have a whole bunch of development around us and that they can continue that lifestyle like I had when I was growing up. How many, uh, how many generations have farmed in your family, Jeff? I, I am the second generation. So, um, you know, my dad, what my dad handed down to me to take over, uh, to me, it was real important that I didn't, you know, have to have to leverage that ground because he was the one that really worked so hard, you know, to get that farm started and, you know, to accumulate the uh, the the farm ground that he's accumulated over the years. Mm-hmm. So, Sarah, I, why don't you tell us about I mean, I, I know the office has worked uh, really diligently, especially over the last year or two uh, on, on closing easements. Talk to us a little bit of, about that situation. Yeah, so when I came into the office, we um, unfortunately had a backlog of projects, you know, just to due to so many projects pending um, and, and really not um, enough staff working on it. And in the past year, we've managed to clear that backlog and we closed a record number of easements last year, a total of 91, um, to the tune of about $14 million in easements that we've we've acquired. Uh, prior to that, you know, in years previous, it was anywhere between the 20s to the mid 40s of easements. Um, and so it was really important for us to, to get those easements completed for those landowners because you know, so many families like Jeff's, this is really, really important to them. You know, they, for many landowners, they might not have uh, family to take over the farm. And so knowing that their farms are preserved, um, no matter what happens to them is is critical. And so it was important to us that we, we get those closed for them and that we continue to do that going forward. Sorry, you guys, I had to let the dog out, of course, in the middle of Sarah talking. <laughs> You know, working at home, how it goes. So, Sarah, we actually, I think we did a story last year. Was it 2019 or was it 2020 that you we had hit 500? Yeah, it was early 2020, back in February. Okay, back to Jeff. Yes. So how many easements do you have, Jeff, and how many are pending? <laughs> I see we've closed on 100 acres, 76 acres, Closed on 91 acres in December, and then I've got one pending on 315 acres and 105 acres. You know, we were we were joking uh, at the beginning. We started talking kind of offline about how you you're like our poster child for <laughs> farmland preservation, and we have you talk about it often. Is this something? Do you? 
do you talk about it with with other um, farmers and talk about the program and promote it? Yeah, I, I talk to uh, I talk to farmers all the time about the program. I'm obviously a big advocate for the program. And I, you know, I think it's a great program. And I, I think the more I talk about it, I think the more, you know, other farmers are getting comfortable with the idea. I think it's kind of scary initially because it is forever. And I think that's kind of one of those things that they, you know, we, you know, it's our, our land. It's not just something you jump into. You have to, obviously I've jumped into it a little bit, but, um, you know, I think they just have to process it for a little while, but, you know, what it's doing for some of our communities and our farms in the area. I mean, it's a, it's a great program. And, you know, I try to, you know, tell everybody about it that I, that I can and, you know, how great it's been. Sarah, how often are we getting inquiries about people wanting to be part of farmland preservation? Um, that's a good question, especially teleworking. I, you know, I, I think we don't get inquiries directly very often because our local sponsors do such a good job of reaching out to the landowners in their community. And you know, the local sponsors are critical to to making this process work because they're really identifying um, and and promoting the program in their areas in a way that is, I think, compatible with what the long-term preservation plan should be that's unique to that area. So, I, you know, I think our local sponsors get inquiries all the time. And that's demonstrated, I think, by the number of applications that we get every year that we might not necessarily be able to fund in that round um, because there's always, always interest and always people who might if they don't get in the first year, um, come back the next year. But th that's really a question for our local sponsors. Jeff, how did you go about getting into the program? I mean, what what would you as as you mentioned it? It's it, you said it was a little bit scary, a little you know, uh, kind of fearful out you know to get yourself initially into it. So what did you do? What was the first step? What would be your advice to someone out there? Well, I th I think in my area. Um, there, there's been two different sponsors, Cardinal Land and then uh, Clinton County Soil and Water, but they've been really good about having informational meetings in our area for uh, for farmers and landowners to come to. Uh, I orig originally stumbled across it looking for, uh, I was doing some research on grant writing and uh, possible projects that uh, you could apply for grants for through agriculture and kind of stumbled upon the uh, the program, uh, started doing more research, found out there was a meeting, you know, 15 minutes from where our farm was and went to the meeting and just started learning from there. There's some great resources online also. Um, you know, I, I just did a lot of research that way. And then once I got in touch with my sponsors, started asking probably lots of questions and uh, just learning a little bit more <clears throat> about it each year and going going to the meetings each year that they did have. Mm -hmm. Sarah, do you have any advice on that? Yeah, if, if you're interested um, and you don't know if there's a local sponsor in your area, absolutely call our office. Um, our staff has been doing this for a number of years and so they love talking to interested landowners and can put them in touch with the local sponsor in their area or if there isn't one, they can, uh, reach out to the local governments or soil and water districts to see if they'd be willing to become a sponsor. And then I would say for anyone who's interested also, start talking to your family 
because it is a long-term commitment that could impact um, your long-term estate planning. Talk to your personal legal counsel as well as your financial advisors to understand what this means um, and the benefits that, that could be available. And finally, talk to your local governments because having their support is, is critical because we want to make sure that we're preserving farms in a way that is consistent with the long-term uh, local government plans for development and preserving agriculture in that area. Well, thank you both um, for being here. Sarah Huffman, Jeff Hoke, anything else the two of you would like to add about farmland preservation? We nailed it. <laughs> thanks, thanks, for ha- thanks for having me on. I enjoyed talking about it. Sounds oh. good. We, we definitely, yeah, we definitely appreciate it. Thanks for your time today. And thanks for everyone out there who continues to listen uh, to Cultivating Convos. And we'll see you here next week. Cultivating Convos is created by ODA's communications team. Make sure to hit subscribe to get the latest episodes in your feed. And like ODA on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for up-to-date news about agriculture in Ohio.